going to pray for our community. Uh, so why don't you spend a few minutes. We're going to pray for the city of Westminster. We're going to pray for Carroll County uh, and a couple of other things as well. Our Father, thanks for beautiful weather. Thank you for this place. Uh, Lord, we even thank you for the first responders who were behind us uh, over the last half hour, uh, just taking care of, uh, of a crisis, uh, taking care of this place, and uh, looking out for its best interest. Would you please watch over those first responders? Uh, we praise you for them. Father, we thank you for Westminster. We ask that you would bless it. We thank you for Carroll County, and we ask that you would bless this place. Lord, we pray for our mayor, Dr. Mona Becker. Pray that you would give her wisdom and protect her and her loved ones and help her do a good job. And we thank you for the job that she does. Lord, we pray for the city board, Darren Hoff and Tony Chiavacci and Gregory Pecoraro, and for Ann Gilbert and for Kevin Dayhoff. Thank you for... Uh, the work that they do and uh, their devotion to this town. Lord, for Carroll County and its commissioners, for Joseph Bigliotti and Kenneth Kyler and Tom Gordon and Michael Guerin and Ed Rothstein, we thank you for their service uh, to Carroll County. Please give them wisdom, safety, protection uh, to seek not their own interests, but the best interest of this county in which we all live and love. Lord, we also ask for the business owners, for the professionals, uh, for the maintenance workers, for everybody that not only lives in this space, but works to make it a good space, that you would bless them. Lord, we pray for flourishing businesses. We pray for a solid and a justice-seeking, merciful local government and police force. We ask, Lord, that... Uh, that people would want to eat here and drink coffee here and do business here and that they would be able to do that. Lord, uh, we look beyond uh, the bounds of our own city, our own communities and county uh, to what you are doing in the world. And we just want to praise you and thank you for the life of Timothy Keller, uh, a leader in your global church, also a leader in our own denomination who just died of cancer two days ago. Uh, Father, uh, we praise you that Tim Keller is now with Christ. Uh, and we praise you for um, the immeasurable work that you did through him and how you will still work through his books and his methodologies for probably decades and centuries to come. But we do pray uh, your comfort and peace upon the Keller family, upon uh, the Redeemer Presbyterian Church Network in New York, and frankly, all over the globe. Would you be merciful uh, to them in their grief? And Lord, we thank you for raising up men and women around the world throughout history uh, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, sharing his good news right now. Amen. Good morning, Deep Run family and visitors. This morning, we will be reading from uh, Jeremiah 29 in the English Standard Version. Um, if you need a Bible to borrow or to keep, we do have some at the back table. Um, so feel free to grab one of those at some point today. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage 
that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Caitlin. That was Jeremiah chapter 29, a very old passage and uh, actually a letter. Very old, the words of a very old letter. So um, some of you heard us talking about this during uh, setup this morning, but um, raise your hand if you were here in July 2015 when we worshipped right under that pavilion. Yeah, it's like maybe maybe 10 people tops not many people at all the last time we worshiped in this space was the summer of 2015 and there were fewer than 30 people i would say women men children combined less than 30 people here and and some of you very few of you will remember uh, among us that morning was a young man who had just moved down to westminster from new york city he was the son of, of immigrants from China. He had just moved, gotten a job in Westminster of all places. It was his first Sunday with our church because he had just moved here. He became a part of our church. He became a member of our church. He was baptized, having become a Christian. Uh, and actually, he a few years ago, he moved back to New York where he and his wife now live. Uh, we were just getting started. We haven't, we hadn't even started worshiping publicly at that point. It is so great to look out and see what God is doing among us just seven years later. Um, so it's, so it's really a blessing. Um, we're actually here today for the very same reasons that a few of us gathered here seven years ago. Uh, the reason is to take notice of the place where we worship and work and serve. Got a question for you. Do you not do you know what Westminster's name was before it was Westminster? So 1764 when the town was established. Anybody know the original name of Westminster? I see one hand, I see two hands, maybe three hands. Yeah, what what, what was it? Yes. Did you hear that? Winchester, actually Winchester's town. 1764. So William Winchester, who founded the town, named it Winchester's Town. Only four years later, they changed the name to Westminster. You know why they changed the name from Winchester's Town to Westminster? Go ahead, Loretta. Yes, the mail kept going to Winchester, Virginia. So they changed the name. Do you know why they called it Westminster? What's that? Actually, I can't. Whatever you said, it sounds funny, but I couldn't hear it. I'm sure it was funny, Rebecca. Actually, uh, William Winchester was originally from Westminster, England, and he came to America as an indentured servant. Seriously, though, I'm curious who lives in Westminster, either the city or uh, Westminster zip code? Raise your hand. Okay, so that's more than more than half of you. Who lives in Carroll County? Okay, that's just about everybody. Just about everybody. Yeah. Well, good, good, good. I don't know if you love this place or not. Um, I know some of you are longtime Carroll Countyans, and many of us are recent 
transplants. I haven't, I haven't lived here uh, more than eight years, and I know some of you have, have lived here barely longer than that and definitely less, less than that. Uh, but I want to urge all of us, especially those of you who may feel dissatisfied here for some reason, I want to encourage you that you may not be happy everywhere, but you can be a blessing anywhere. You may not be happy everywhere you live or everywhere you work, but you can be a blessing wherever you are. And we're going to talk today about how God calls His people to be a blessing where they are, and that God calls His church to be a blessing where it is. And the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is that God became our help exactly where we were. He didn't wait for us to move into a different situation. He helped us exactly where we were. So let's start with how God calls his people to be, be a blessing where they are. So you heard the words that Caitlin read from Jeremiah chapter 29. That was an ancient letter written in 594 B.C. It was written from the prophet Jeremiah in Jerusalem to a bunch of Hebrew exiles in Babylon. Now, some of you know the Babylonians uh, had captured and destroyed Jerusalem and had deported uh, many of its leading citizens, including famous ones like the prophet Daniel and his friends. This was around 600 B.C. Now, we know that even in America today, as a free society, we know, we see, as some of you have experienced, how hard it is for immigrants to adjust to adapt to a new place, to a foreign place, right? But just imagine, just imagine in 600 BC, the struggles that the Jews in Babylon had to endure. They were a conquered people. They were a displaced people. They were refugees. The Jews in Babylon were devastated. But as often is the case when religion and politics mix, some people among them were preaching a quick fix. And the message of the quick fix was basically this. You know what? Babylon is going to fall really soon. We can tell. And in just a little while, you're going to have an opportunity to go home. Babylon's going to fall, and you're all going to go home soon. That was the message, and some people believed it. Because it is a powerful message, isn't it, when someone tells people, hey, your suffering's going to end soon. Immediate relief, prosperity soon. But that wasn't the truth. Babylon was not going anywhere for a long time. And they were going to be there for at least 70 years. And so God's message to the exiles in Babylon was a different message. It wasn't a quick fix. It was sobering. But it was also holistic in its integrity and its well-being. So Jeremiah's letter essentially said this. Hey folks, you're going to be there for a while, so get comfortable. Did you hear Jeremiah 29 verse 5? Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. And he went on to say, listen, y'all should get married and have kids. According verse 6, multiply there and do not decrease. But the letter also said, essentially, you're going to be a blessing there. You're not only going to have to get comfortable there, but you're going to be a blessing there. So get to it. 
Start to work. Start to cultivate lives there because I have sent you there to be a blessing. So the letter basically said, seek the welfare. Listen to this, verse 7. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Did you hear what he said? What God said to those exiles, to those refugees, to those displaced people? God was saying, I have sent you here and I want you to be a blessing. And when he said, seek the welfare of Babylon, the word for welfare is a famous word you've heard before. It's the Hebrew word shalom. It means peace. It means prosperity. It means holistic well-being. When you say shalom, you are asking, you are telling a person, I pray that you will flourish. When you say shalom to a town or to a nation, you are saying, I hope that you flourish and flourish and have life to the full. See, God calls his people to be a blessing wherever they are, whatever the situation is, whatever their condition is. And that ancient letter to the Hebrew exiles is a reminder for us in this place as we look all around you, whether you smell coffee being brewed down the street at American Ice, or whether you hear sirens right behind you because there was just a brawl in the street. God reminds us to be a blessing in this place. God calls his church to be a blessing right where it is. Whether we are sharing the good news to people or providing food and clothing or whether we're just breaking up fights so that people don't get more injured in order to keep the streets safe. We were not sent here to live and work and worship for no good reason. God has brought us here whether the reasons are obvious to us or not. Jesus said to his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. He said to his disciples also, you are the light of the world. Being salt to this place, being a light to this place begins in the very least where we worship. I want you to assume if you're a part of our church or if you are a Christian, I want you to assume that God has reasons for bringing us here, bringing us where we are to live and work and worship. God has his reasons for bringing us here and let's keep our eyes and our ears open. Eyes and ears open to what the needs might be all around us. What are the needs? Do we know what they are? Who are those who are spiritually hungry? Do we know who they are? Where are the open doors? Where are the open hearts? The open minds to hearing good news and to receiving help from the hands and feet of Jesus, who said we are the salt of the earth, who said we are the light of the world. You know, there is a local legend and local historians say that there's a lot, that there's some credibility to it. In the late 1700s, there was a local drought here. And so because there was a, a drought, uh, there was a town meeting and a particular innkeeper got up and made a suggestion to the town of Westminster saying, you know what, we have all these immigrants coming through trying to get from Baltimore to Frederick. And, and this was, it's kind of why Westminster was here. It was a stopping point on that westward route towards uh, Frederick. And, uh, and so the innkeeper stood up and said, listen, we have a drought. We've got all these immigrants coming through. 
we should lock up our wells. Because there's a drought, we should only allow the local people living in Westminster to have access to those wells. Water only for locals. Let's lock it up for all these people that are passing through. Well, it turns out that at that meeting, Elizabeth Winchester, one of the daughters of the town's founder, spoke up and said, Neighbors, have you lost your trust in the Almighty? That you dare deny his creatures the water which he has provided for them? Water belongs to God. He alone can supply or withhold. And he who noticed the sparrows fall will not deny it to those who love and trust him. And the legend has it that her well never ran dry and that she put a sign outside of it that said, God's water, free for everybody. And that the innkeeper who suggested we lock up the wells so that the immigrants can't have it, his well ran dry. That's, that's, that's the legend. And there's apparently some credibility to it. I find it so fitting that Deep Run Church's motto is what? Living water. And in the beginning, when we were less than 30 people, we said living water in Westminster because we were so small that we didn't have a prayer to get the word out beyond these boundaries. But we don't say living water in Westminster anymore. God is bringing people from all over Carroll County to hear the good news. And so just like Jesus befriended a Samaritan woman at a well in the village of Sychar 2,000 years ago, we have that mentality, living water. You can't force anyone to receive the hope that Jesus gives, but you can invite them. And we think of our church as a well, a well that is open to anyone who wants to come and drink deeply from the truth and grace of Jesus Christ. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome to draw deep with us and discover the depths of love that Jesus Christ offers. So I think that story is so fitting because we can be a blessing anywhere we are if we believe that God has brought us here. You see, without a divinely guided purpose to our lives, our reasons for moving to a place are really self-centered. You ever thought about that? Without a divinely guided purpose for where you work and where you live, your reasons for staying in a place and even leaving the place eventually are going to be self-centered. People obsessively cling to places where they cannot separate their identity from that place. Where they cannot separate their sense of well-being from that place. And the results of that mentality range from just simple homesickness. You ever been homesick before? Right? You miss your place. But sometimes it's more serious than that. When a group of people begin to think that way, that we, we can't prosper outside of this place, we can't envision flourishing outside of this, that, this place, that turns into widespread problems like nationalism, and tribalism. When a group of people cannot see their identity and well-being outside of a particular location. Or the opposite sometimes happen. You might despise a place with contempt because that place, that neighborhood, that community, that city or that county or that nation does not suit your personal vision for how you and your people should flourish. And so you reject it in your heart, and you belittle it, and you close your mind. You become what I like to call um, 
willfully ignorant of the benefits of a place, of the opportunities of a place, of, of the potential that a place has to flourish. You refuse to see it because you regard that space in which you live with contempt. And that turns, in a widespread sense, when an entire church thinks that way or an entire group of people think that way, it's what you call isolationism, where we close ourselves off to the well-being of the people in the community around us because we cannot possibly see ourselves flourishing there and we cannot see the well-being of that place. So without a divinely guided purpose, we move to places and we stay in places and we leave places with self-centered reasons. But God doesn't think that way. Did you know that? God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, with purpose to bless us where we were. He didn't wait for us to go to a different place. The book of Romans says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent His Son to bless us exactly where we were, and Jesus said, I'm going to live there. I'm going to live there for 30 plus years. I'm going to become like humanity. I'm going to live among them. I'm going to get sick and get scrapes like them. And I'm going to die for them. God sent his son with purpose to meet us where we were to bless us. And I think that's the reason that we can think about this place and pray for its good and work for its good. Because as John 3.17 says, and we read this earlier, God sent His Son to pray for this world, to work for this world, and for its good. And to ultimately die for the good of this world. And in His name, in Jesus' name, my prayer is that we as a church would do likewise. You may not be happy everywhere. You may not even be happy here right now. But you can be a blessing anywhere. We can be a blessing wherever God has called us to be. So if we chase happiness, we may never be satisfied in any place, right? But if we seek first the kingdom of God, then we can be salt and light anywhere, everywhere. Amen? So let's assume... That God has his reasons for bringing us here as a church. He has his reasons for bringing you here to Carroll County, for bringing you here to Westminster or Hampstead or Tawnytown or Mount Airy or Finksburg or wherever it is. You have your reasons, but God has his reasons. So get used to it, get comfortable, and let's keep our eyes and ears open to see how we can make this place a better place and how we can be a blessing here. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thank you for Carroll County. Thank you for Westminster and all the other hamlets in which we live and work. Thank you for the fields and the forests and the farms. Thank you for the alleys and the streets and for the bedroom communities. We pray that you would help us Seek the shalom, the prosperity, the blessing of this place where you have called us. Father, we seek its well-being, and may we be well here and do good in Jesus' name. Amen.